Welcome to our episode of Chat and Chill with Super Hill. Today we have with us educator Caitlin Bermucci from Clover Street Elementary School. Welcome, Caitlin. Hi, thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks you for inviting me. I'm honored. So this is, well, I'm honored, actually. This is <laughs> another opportunity for me to do a show with a former student. And, of course, having Caitlin work for us here at one of the Windsor Public Schools just makes me even more proud. So let's let's get to it. Tell me more about your role as Clover's Challenge teacher. Awesome. And talk about the Enrichment Expo a little bit, please. Absolutely. Um, so I provide enrichment to all kids in the school. Um, so I work with every grade for at least one trimester. Um, and I try to provide them with opportunities that are outside of the regular curriculum. Um, so I'll do things like photography, engineering, um, upcycling, just things that um, are a little bit deeper than what they might get in their curriculum. Um, and then I also work with students who are identified, gifted, and talented, um, or who are scoring at the higher percentile levels on their, their tests. Um, and today at the Enrichment Expo, some of my students that I work with um, got to show projects that they've been working on um, and really show it to not just um, the students here at the school and the other classes, but they got to show it to like Dr. Hill, Miss um, Williams was here. So it was a really great opportunity to um, showcase what they've been doing. Well, I got to walk around and I got to say the kids were amazing. Again, this is the whole reason for this podcast, to show the best and the brightest and what's all good about Windsor. And so going through uh, the expo today and seeing the students, the excitement, it's like it was all kinds of um, projects that were done. So that was interesting. Uh, I really laughed. <laughs> <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, uh, I think Ms. Bermucci set me up. So the last one I visited, two young ladies were wonderful. And they did a whole project presentation proposal on why they should have a school trip to Six Flags for its STEM day. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I've ever been pitched that hard by fifth graders, but it was incredible. And not only did they do a good pitch, but one of them, I know she has a career in sales. I thought I was watching late night television, but wait, there's more, right? <laughs> For 1999, you also get a whole set of knives, right? So <laughs> she just she kept me laughing, but she was serious. And it's good to know that we have these students, even here in elementary school, that are already that focused um, and with that skill set. Obviously, I'm a person who loves public speaking and engaging with people, so I love when I see young people doing that. It's clear to see that you are an advocate for student voice through the work you're doing at Clover Daily Broadcast. How does working with students in that creative space support the vibrant school climate at Clover? Awesome. So I have fifth graders run it. It's pretty much student run. Um, and they help write the scripts. Um, they help me decide what's going on it. Um, and all the kids see it at the school. Um, so all the kids are really constantly excited. And they, they're like, oh, can I be on it? Can I put my picture on it? Um, so they always know what's going on. But I think it also really connects the school. Um, I put pictures and videos of what the kids are doing. So third graders can see what fifth graders are doing and fourth grade, et cetera. Um, but I think it also connects the, the staff to the students even more. So I include, um, I have a staff trivia section. Um, I have Faces of Clover Street School where the kids interview um, both staff and students. And I think it also connects the community. So it's online um, so parents can see it. I've had parents come up to me and go, oh, I dress my kids based on the weather, which makes me a little nervous. <laughs> um, it wasn't our weather. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also have, um, 
either former alumni or even current Windsor High School students that'll send me clips, especially SEL clips. Um, so I really think it, it connects not just the school and the students, but the staff and the community as well. So say more. You mentioned SEL. Yep. Obviously, you know that's a, a big focus of mine for the district. So tell me how you incorporate uh, SEL in the work that you do with our students. Yeah. Um, so like on the broadcast, I have a daily reminder of um, what competency we're focusing on, and we have a focus for every two months. Um, Sometimes, like I said, I'll have Windsor High School or alumni um, or even parents show clips of how they're using that um, SEL skill in their life and how it relates to them um, so that students can see a, a real-life impact of, of that competency. Um, sometimes I'll showcase students on it if I see them um, working cooperatively or problem-solving or um, working through frustrations. I'll, I'll videotape it if they allow me, and I'll put it on broadcast as well um, to really role model those skills. Okay. We know that math and science achievement can predict later interest and success in STEM. So how do you promote that uh, in your, your class, in your challenge classes? I saw a student today doing a pro his project included coding yep. and a robot. So I can't say I wasn't absolutely amazed. And <laughs> this young man, like I would have thought he was one of my high school students. The way he just talked about it. I said, like, can your robot do this? And he's like, no, actually, that's the next level coding, and I'm going to work on that, and I need another piece to actually do that. I was like, oh, okay. I was just trying to say something that sounds smart to hang with him, <laughs> but he was definitely in another level. They give me place. a run for my money sometimes. Um, so when I first came into this role, I really wanted to expand it um, and expand the students that um, could get this opportunity. I also really wanted to make it more representative of the population here because I feel like when I came into it, it really wasn't. Um, so I worked with um, my principal. I, I pitched this idea, um, and we've we've been rolling with it. Um, it's kind of like a three-tier model um, for our students. So like at the tier one level, everyone gets it at the school. So um, like I said, I work with all three grades for a semester um, on different things that are outside of their curriculum just to expose them to it. Um, I also have like guest speakers coming in for those. So I have guest um, um, professional photographers come in. I had the engineer at Six Flags send me a video about how he what he does. Um, I have other engineers come in and work with my kids as well and show what they do um, and work with the students. Um, and that's just at the tier one level. Um, and then so before it was primarily students who were nominated for challenge based on um, just by classroom teachers. But I felt like it could have been a little biased whether we know them or not. Um, so I really started looking at other modes to nominate kids to work in challenge. Um, so I looked at iReady scores, I looked at BAS levels, and who was really at not just the 95th percentile, but the 90th percentile and above to kind of give them that extra enrichment. So those are kind of like my tier two students who get a little bit more. And then I have my, what I call my tier three students are uh, my identified gifted and talented kids. Um, and I really like to work on what their strengths and interests are because as you saw with that kid today who was so passionate about coding, um, their passion and interests will go into their projects of what they're doing. So I really try to ex expand on, on those two things. So there's a couple of things I want to I yeah. flesh out from there. But first, because we have an audience that goes beyond educators. Yes. So what is iReady and what is BAS? Because I know we're not oh, talking yes. about fishing. Oh, yes, I'm just dropping acronyms right, here. Right. Just, <laughs> Because I'm like, I know people out there are like, okay, so iReady, I, like, yes, like, so what I is she ready, talking about herself for, right? Like, <laughs> iReady is a test that they take, um, I believe, three times a year. Um, and there's both a language arts one and a math one. Um, 
And some students don't always shine and perform to their full abilities in the classroom, but we we'll, might see it when they are working independently um, on those tests. So I will look at um, their iReady scores as well as talking to their teachers. Um, and then BAS is uh, their, it tests their reading level. Um, so again, some students might be quieter in the classroom, might fly under the radar, um, but these, these tests can really show us um, how they do perform. And clearly your Windsor upbringing and education Yes. Um, I'm her former vice principal, <laughs> so I'm extra proud, you know, has impacted how you uh, take on your work, because I love seeing you um, look at the facts and say, look, I know all students aren't being served or all students aren't getting an opportunity. So I did notice in your expo, which is not exactly what I've seen over, you know, my 20 plus years of dealing with Windsor, um, it was a, a very well racially mixed group of kids. Yeah. So it's nice to see you know, our black and brown students get opportunities that I don't know that they've always received. It doesn't, I don't, I'm not gonna say anyone did it, you know, for any nefarious reason, but as you said, I think sometimes kids get overlooked. Yep. Um, and one of the things I noticed today too, about the products, like all the projects weren't the same, because very often um, when we talk about talented and gifted, and I go back to my own experience in the 70s being in talented and gifted. Um, so I was in the program, and when I think about it, I actually didn't really like it that much. Because when I see what kids do now, all the options, all talented and gifted meant for me in the 70s with my other 19 friends, and we all still know each other, the 20 of us, right? It's crazy. We did more work than every other student. And so I just remember telling my parents, like, so I'm in talented and gifted, and I have to write longer papers, you know, and more papers. Yep. And that's literally what it was. It was just more schoolwork. But you had kids in there, like, showing off their, their skills in all different areas, and it looked like Windsor. So I just wanted to note that for our listeners that, you know, um, this young lady raised in Windsor, in Windsor Public Schools, she, she didn't go off into the world and then come back messed up. She came back understanding that the world is way more diverse than some people would like to portray it. So I wanted to note that. Thank you. That was listeners. definitely a goal of mine. Okay. Um, how does project-based learning support exposing students especially marginalized black and brown students as I just said. So if you could flesh that out a little bit more, you know, what is project-based learning for the audience? Um, it's more of a hands-on approach. Um, and I try to do that for all my students. Um, I think they, they really need to not just hear things or see things, they need to do things to be able to learn. So I try to um, expose my students to, again, things outside the curriculum, but really hands-on experiences for them where they can problem solve um, that way, even like with their hands. And even seeing, so I watched today, I'm, I'm going to keep referring back to the yep. expo. I'm sure there are students who, as you said, like they get overlooked because in a class they may be quiet. Yep. But then they have to make a presentation and you get to see a whole different kid. Yes. Right. Or they get like, what did one student say? She was so funny. I can't think of her name. But she said, so as the teachers say, we're taking what we hear in the classroom and we're bringing it to real life. Yep. They they really need to to have a point to it, you know? They they don't want to do work for no reason. So for them it needs to be things that are strengths and interests to them but also has a real life connection. Um, so a lot of my students today were pitching ideas for a field trip that they would want to do and they had to look at the cost, the why, everything. But it was a real life problem, a real life situation. Um, of something that was of interest to them, something that was important and mattered to them, which I think makes a huge difference. 
So um, basically what Ms. Bermucci was saying, she helped her kids figure out a way to hit the superintendent up for money <laughs> for a trip to Six Flags. <laughs> and they were really convincing. So now I got to go back. And, of course, they would present me this um, dilemma right at the height of budget season. So those of you in the public listening, um, feel free to donate to their Six Flags <laughs> STEM Day. That'll help defray the costs. <laughs> okay. So many people do not know this, but you were a student of mine. They know it now. I want to repeat it because I'm so proud. <laughs> if I wasn't proud, I would not have repeated this. I wouldn't have even said it, but I'm very proud. Um, how has your previous training, so your experience in Windsor Public Schools, prepared you for your role here at Clover Elementary School? Okay, I think there's a, a few things. I know we always talk about the diversity in Windsor, um, but I really think that's important. That's huge, and I think it made me – uh, more open-minded and shaped me to who I am. Um, I went to college in New Hampshire and I met a lot of kids who did not have the same upbringing as me. Um, so it makes me a lot more appreciative of where I came from and how I grew up. Um, and I think Windsor also offers a lot. Um, I was able to take technology classes. I was able to take cooking classes. I was involved in sports. Um, so I think they have so many opportunities for students to get involved in things that they're passionate about or um, that they might be passionate about. Um, and I think it really made me a very well-rounded person. Um, okay. So I'm very appreciative of that experience, yeah. I, I like that. So my last uh, question to you. So years ago somewhere, I can't remember if it was one of my teacher's classrooms or a colleague when I started teaching, but they would say to teach is to learn twice. So I had to figure out what that meant, but basically it means that a teacher is supposed to not only teach their students, but they should also learn from their students. Do you, do you believe that's true? 100%. And, and how have you experienced that? Um, so I constantly tell my students to take risks, to take risks. Um, and I don't think I always follow my own advice. Um, this to me right now is terrifying. I hate being the spotlight. Um, but my students are so brave. Um, they're constantly taking risks. So I think for them, like I had to do this because I have to try to lead by example. But I definitely learn about taking risks and um, being afraid but doing it anyway. Um, and I definitely got that from my students. Thank you. Well, I'd like to thank Ms. Bermucci for overcoming her fears <laughs> and listening to her own advice and taking a risk and joining us today for this episode of Chat and Chill with Super Hill. And I'd like to thank you, our listening audience, for tuning in and listening to us again. And again, we have this show so that you can hear about everything that's good about Windsor. And we will continue to bring more stories because if you don't know, you just don't know. Take care.